Lifeline, my name is Luke, and I'm excited for uh, the time that we get to spend together tonight reading God's Word. So if you have a Bible, get it ready. I'll tell you where we're going in a little bit. But I want to start off with a little question. What are your feelings about Starbucks? Yes. Do you love Starbucks or are you a weird person and do you not like Starbucks? No. It's okay if you don't. I know most of you who say you love Starbucks love their Frappuccinos. I uh, save those for a special occasion. Uh, but I wanna tell you uh, one time when Starbucks just severely disappointed me. So here's kind of the scene. I had just graduated college and I was on a study trip in Israel, okay? So, uh, we are going over the agenda for the day, and uh, this is what the person that was driving our bus told us. They said, we're going to go to Bethlehem. Yes, Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. And then in Bethlehem, there's a Starbucks, and we're going to go to Starbucks. I was very excited, yes, for seeing the birthplace of Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. I was excited to see where they think Jesus was born. But then I was also excited, not as excited, don't judge me. I was also excited for Starbucks afterwards because every day we were taking these like eight mile hikes through the wilderness and in these mountains. And I was like, all I want is a 32 ounce full of sugar and ice, sweet dreams come true Frappuccino. And so I thought, cool, I'm gonna see where Jesus was born take some pictures, think about it, and pray about it, and then I'm gonna enjoy some Starbucks. That was the plan for the day. Well, we see the birthplace of Jesus. It's a church now. Uh, there's a little star on like the cement where they say Jesus was born, uh, and you can take pictures and all that stuff. And then we were in the bus going to Starbucks. I'll never forget, we pulled up, and it was quickly apparent to me that this was not Starbucks. In fact, here's a picture of it. It was called Stars and Bucks. Similar logo, similar font, but it was not Starbucks. And so I'm kind of sweating, because I'm like, man, I was planning on getting a Frappuccino, and this bus driver lied to us, you know? And so I go up there, and I'm like, do you guys have like a Frappuccino? And they didn't really. I mean, they sort of did, but it was nothing like the real thing. So. Safe to say I was disappointed with my experience because it was fake. They wanted to be Starbucks, but they weren't. Okay, rant over. Bottom line is I got to see where Jesus was born and that was pretty cool. Anyways, I was disappointed in the fake thing. I spent uh, whatever shekels amount of $6 worth and I was disappointed that the, the Frappuccino I was drinking was not the real Frappuccino. And the reason I even bring up this story is because I feel like sometimes our life and our faith, uh, we buy into the fake thing, a, a version of the real thing that isn't actually real. See, I've been following Jesus for over 20 years now, and I would say there are times in my life and definitely times in the lives of my friends and of students that I've known where we find ourselves following a, a version of Jesus that isn't actually the real Jesus. 
We, we get this idea of what Jesus is like in our minds that uh, approves of everything that we do, that only asks a, a little bit of us, that uh, generally like we agree with mostly, but it's not actually the Jesus of the Bible. There are certain things about what the Jesus in my mind thinks or says or commands of me that is actually uh, not what the real Jesus thinks or says or commands. And so for the next couple of weeks, I want us to look at who Jesus really is. And I know we could take like a hundred weeks to do this and it'll just be a few, but I want to walk you through a couple stories, a couple things Jesus says in an attempt for us to understand who he really is. Because from my experience, the more I understand who Jesus really is, the more I see how amazing and love and kind he is, the more I want to follow him. So for our story tonight, it is found in Mark chapter 12. So like I said, if you have your Bible, you can grab it, open up to Mark chapter 12. This is in the New Testament early on. Uh, the New Testament begins with these stories of Jesus called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mark is the second one. So Mark 12, let me kind of set the scene for you. Uh, Jesus's popularity has grown exponentially. Like he, uh, everyone knows him. Everyone's excited about him. He had just had this amazing, a uh, triumphal entry it was called where people were celebrating that he was going to uh, liberate the people of Jerusalem. There was all this, uh, hustle and bustle about who Jesus was and what he was going to do. And in the midst of all of it were these religious leaders. Uh, there was kind of three groups of religious leaders. There was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. These were all different types of religious leaders who were kind of uh, teaming up with uh, the, the people of, of Rome who had oppressed the, the Jews in Jerusalem, uh, trying to trap Jesus. And how they were trying to trap Jesus is they were peppering him with question after question about the law. They were trying to get him to uh, look silly. They were trying to get him to look dumb. They were also trying to get him to say things that would warrant them arresting him and ultimately killing him. Because so many people were interested in him. So many people wanted to follow him. And so uh, they're throwing all these questions at Jesus. Questions about money. Questions about what life after death is like. All these questions trying to stump him, trying to get him to trip up. Now, after or in the midst of all this debating, there was one uh, religious leader who is so impressed with Jesus. He's not only impressed with the wisdom of Jesus, but how he's answering the questions I, remember, I, I imagine. Uh, this guy just actually has a burning question that he wants to know how Jesus responds. Not to try to trap him or anything like the others, but because he's genuinely curious. And this question is found in Mark 12, verse 28. And this is what he says. He says this. Of all the commandments, which one is most important? So this is this religious leader, as Jesus is answering all these questions, he says, of all the commandments one could try to keep, which one tops the list? Which one is the one that uh, requires or should require our attention uh, to it, our, our desire to follow it? Now, Jesus is going to answer this question. But before he does, I just want to tell you something. There were a lot of options for what Jesus could have said. 
In fact, in the Old Testament law, there were around 613 laws and regulations that uh, God's people tried to follow. That is a lot of rules. And then in the midst of that are the Ten Commandments. You know, uh, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not uh, kill, thou shalt not lie, you shouldn't uh, have other, any other gods before me. Those that you might know. So Jesus has a lot of options here. And before we get to what he says and how he answers this guy's question, I need you to understand that what Jesus is about to say is extremely important. Because uh, Jesus is, goes on record uh, later on saying that if you know me, if you've seen me, you've seen God. He claims to be God sent to earth. It's like, if you uh, have spent time with me, you have spent time with God. I am the way to God. And so what Jesus is about to say here in answering what is the most important commandment has such significance because if you've ever wondered, like, what is most important to God? What is the top of the list for God? Jesus' answer tells us. So this is what Jesus says. Verse 29, Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. This kind of the preface to this commandment, it's actually taken out of an Old Testament book, but it's a, uh, he's quoting an old scripture and it's essentially saying there is one God, one God worthy of worship. He is one that's rescued the people of Israel. They have a relationship with them. And then here are the commandments. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then he goes on to say, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he concludes this way. No other commandment is greater than these. So Jesus says, love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what is most important to Jesus. Now, the conversation doesn't end there. It's not like the guy's like, got it, and then he walks away. He, uh, it's, it, it continues. He kind of responds to Jesus. And I want to show you what he says, and then I want to kind of uh, put together two takeaways that I see from this exchange that kind of show us who the real Jesus is. So verse 32, the teacher of the relig- religious law replied, well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth by saying there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This, don't miss this, this is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. He says, uh, what you've said, Jesus, is more important then offering all the sacrifices, following all, trying to follow all the rules, all do everything just right. And then Jesus replies this way, and this is kind of how the interaction ends. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You're, you're beginning to understand what I'm saying, Jesus is saying to this guy. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So Jesus gives us a glimpse of what is most important. Actually, what all of those commandments in the Old Testament point us to. This idea of loving God with uh, everything that we have, all of our mind, all of our strength, all of our soul, all of our heart, and loving other people as much as we love ourselves. 
This is what Jesus says. And uh, the first thing I learned from what Jesus says in these commandments is that uh, he uh, invites us to a life that follows him with everything that we have. See, so often it's easy for me to compartmentalize Jesus. It's like I have my life with my friends. I have my life with my hobbies. I have the things I enjoy doing. And then I have my, my relationship with God. And it's like as long as this piece of the pie is big or bigger than a lot of the other ones, then I'm okay. But what Jesus is saying here is like love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. He's saying like, we are invited to bring God into every aspect of our life, to love him with everything that we do. And I just wonder if you have been compartmentalizing your relationship with God like I often struggle with. Like if you've been saying, okay, this is the part of my life that follows God. I go to church, I try to pray every once in a while, I I go to Lifeline and that's good. What would it look like for you to try to love him with your whole life? Try to love him with how you talk to your friends, to love him by studying his word, to love him by uh, how you act on the sports field or in the classroom. I think the real Jesus invites us to fully surrender our lives to God. Now, the second thing I learned from this is in that last exchange with him and the guy, the, the, the religious leader says, uh, this is more important than offering all of the sacrifices, than offering uh, all of the offerings. And when Jesus says, like, you're near to the kingdom of God, you're getting it, an alarm goes off in my head that's like, this is big. See, with Jesus, he prioritizes relationship more than perfectly following the rules. See, the religious leaders were like, we have to follow the rules. If you, follow, if you don't follow the rules, you're not as good of a person as I am. If you don't follow all these laws, then you're not close to God. If you don't follow these rules, you're in trouble. And they, that's actually why they cornered Jesus. They didn't think he followed those laws. They thought he was against God. But Jesus shows us that God is about relationship more than just perfectly following all the rules. And so a question for you is, have you been just trying to follow all the rules and thinking that that is equal to following Jesus? Like as long as you are generally a good person and you don't say a lot of swear words and you uh, stay out of trouble and you don't, you don't hang out with the wrong crowd, then you have a good relationship or good standing with God. It is so easy to fall into that mindset that as long as I obey and stay out of trouble, then I'm good with God. But what we need to realize is that uh, Jesus is inviting us into something that is so much more rich than just following a bunch of rules. He's inviting us into so much, something that's so much more life-giving than just uh, checking off a bunch of boxes of, I didn't do this, and I stayed away for this, and I didn't do that or that. He is inviting us into relationship. My friends, you and I have the ability to have a real relationship with the God of the universe. Because of Jesus, you and I can experience all of the wholeness and the hope and the love and the joy that comes from knowing the God who made us, who uh, saved us by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us, and who has a purpose for us. This is a huge deal. 
And so many times we reduce our life to following a bunch of rules. And I think in this moment, Jesus is saying, with this conversation with this guy, he's saying, I prioritize relationship over just following all the rules. And so what do you do with this? Like, what do you do with this encounter, this conversation with Jesus? I mean, we learn that the real Jesus invites us to follow God with our whole lives. And we, we learn that the real Jesus cares about relationships more than just perfectly following the rules. My challenge to you in uh, nurturing a heart that loves God with everything and that doesn't just make this about rules is to get to know God. Get to know who he is. Get to know what he's like. Get to know uh, how Jesus lived when he was on earth. And I bet you, that the more you get to know him by reading his word and by talking about him and hearing how, what he's doing in the lives of your friends or your lifeline leader, I bet that the more you get to know him, the more you will love him. The more you will see that he is the, uh, everything that is perfect and beautiful and good. Take me up on this. Try to get to know who God is. Get to know what Jesus was like when he was here on earth and I bet that you will get to love him more. Let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for this uh, amazing picture of what your son was like. That he uh, had, had these conversations where he was able to show us what is most important. And so God, help us see you for who you are. Help us get to know who you are and help our hearts to turn towards you being more and more in love with you than we've ever been before. In Jesus' name we pray.